Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where our goal is to help you buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. With interest rates peaking at nearly 7%, a lot of people out there are wondering about affordability. Am I ever going to be able to afford a home? Are rates going to come back down? Are house prices going to come back down? So in today's episode, we're actually going to talk about interest rates and their effect on affordability and home prices. So Josh, there's typically three factors that make up the affordability equation. Why don't we start by talking about those? Well, let's, let's talk about what's important about affordability. Affordability is the most important measure in terms of future home price appreciation. When affordability is really high, that means that we have room for home prices to go higher because we still have a large percentage of the population that can afford to buy them. When affordability gets really low, home prices don't have a lot of room to continue to push up because we're running out of people to buy homes at higher and higher prices. So like you said, let's take a look at the three things um, that go into making up the affordability measurement. The first is income, household income. Um, and when you look at that, it's important to know that household incomes generally increase at a slow and steady pace over time. We don't see huge spikes. We don't generally see huge drops. They can main, remain level for a period of time, but you're seeing it generally track inflation over time. Um, we also have home prices. And unless you're living under a rock, you know where home prices are at. Home prices are at all-time highs. The third piece is what has really caused us to start seeing pain and a decrease in buyer demand this year, and that's interest rates. Because with home prices at high values, you know, in 2020, Jeb, we had home prices at all-time highs. In 2021, even higher, still no problem. Even the first quarter of this year, no problem in the sense that we had plenty of buyers to keep buying and pushing prices higher. Once we saw interest rates hit that inflection point where we were at 3% and then we went to four and then we went to five and then we went to six. And now, as you said, we're pressing up towards 7% here in October of, of 2022. And where interest rates go next is really important. And that's what we're going to discuss. And why are we going to discuss that? Is that we said uh, home uh, incomes are, are, are relatively stable, slight increases over time. Home prices are sticky to the upside. They see spikes up. Rarely do they see big drops down. Historically, we've seen a couple of them. But in, in general, you, you don't see big moves one way or the other. What we do or what we have seen here in the last uh, nine to 10 months is a huge spike in interest rates. And what happens next with that is going to have the biggest impact on that affordability equation and therefore the biggest impact on what happens with home prices. So if you don't own or you own and you're thinking of selling and buying another home, buying a vacation home, investing in real estate, you have to understand the interplay between these three figures and why right now the most important one is interest rates. No, I mean, I, I believe we're at a crossroads with regards to interest rates. I mean, if interest rates continue to go higher, you know, we're at 7%-ish today. If they if they pushed up 8, 8 9%, that would crush home prices. Um, at the same time, if interest rates were to go back down 4, 4.5%, 4 
I think that gives you know the market that the the opportunity for house prices to continue climbing. Maybe not at the rate that we did, but it gets people off the fence. So we're kind of at this weird juncture, if you will, in the market where it's kind of you know where are we headed. Um, I think is important, and and you know we always talk about buying for the right reasons and not necessarily like you know, worrying about what rates are going to do, worry about if you can afford it, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But Josh, let's talk about where we started the year, you know, with regards to pricing um, and affordability versus where we are now, because I think that gives people some insight as to, you know, everybody knows that rates have gone up, but at the same time, a lot of people say, you know, are hearing in the news, well, home prices have gone down, uh, you know, year over year or month over month or whatever figures you want to use, depending on where you're, you live, but how, you know, it's actually more expensive today to own a home, even with house prices, not increasing, say home house prices decreased a little bit, right? It's still more expensive to own a home today with interest rates much higher and home prices not climbing than it did with, you know, home prices, uh, six months ago with interest rates considerably lower. So, I don't think people understand how how big of an impact that interest rate has. Well, 100%. Let's let's go through it and then let's circle back and talk about one of the big things um, we've talked about on a previous show and a lot of um, newer loan officers or or more basic loan officers are jumping all on the bandwagon of buy downs, either permanent buy downs or two one buy downs. When you see the way uh, the the interest rates impact affordability and monthly payments, you're going to start understanding why that's been a, a huge topic here. So we're going to start with a, an example here first that's California specific. Um, lots of places around the country have seen uh, big price increases. So these are more applicable to most markets than what they might have been five or six years ago. Then we're going to look at a little lower price point that may be more common in, in other parts of the country. So we started the year. So December of last year, uh, California hit the median single family home price of $795,000. So at that time, rates were, they were just a hair, <clears throat> a hair over 3%. But if we say rates were 3% down, uh, 3%, you put 20% down, your principal and interest payment in December of last year was $2,681, $2,681. Now, if you could find that same house today for $795,000 and get a six and a half percent rate, which would be a, an amazingly good rate today, it's now a $4,000 payment. We're talking $1,300 $1, and change, $1,338 increase. But it's actually more than that because as you said, Jeb, home prices in California on the median level have increased. Our, our most recent numbers we have are August. In August, it was up to 840. So it's only $45,000. I say only. $45,000 is a lot of money. But let's look at if rates had stayed the same. If you could still get that same 3% interest rate and the home went from 795 to 840, it only went up twenty-eight uh, to $2,833. It's $152 a month. So $45,000 of appreciation, which is a pretty big chunk of, of appreciation on a percentage basis, only led to a 6% increase in the monthly payment. But we see the, the increase from 3% to 3.5% before we even account for the extra $45,000 of purchasing power was $1,338. If we look at combining both of them saying, hey, if I had bought in December 795 at 3%, 2681, or buy now 840 at 6.5%, 4247, 
we're over a $1,500 difference there in the monthly payment. I mean, and that's over a 50% increase. So you're at a minimum of 50% increase in the monthly payment. And we talk repeatedly, Jeb, people don't care what the price tag is on the home. They care the amount of the check that they're writing every month and specifically what percentage of their household income that monthly payment equates to. No, and in a moment, we're going to talk about why lower rates help affordability more than than lower prices do. But I don't know if you saw this earlier today. Fannie Mae came out with their predictions of, of their 2023 forecast, if you will, like existing home sales. And they're saying that they think the existing home, uh, the median price in California is going to drop by 8.8%. So they're they're predicting a number somewhere around 758000 So if you run that same number, 758 and you put 20% down, Today, at a 7% interest rate, your payment is $4,034. $4,034. So by, by the house price dropping um, 8.8% eight or whatever that number is exactly, you're, you know the savings aren't nearly as much as if rates were to drop half a percent or three quarters of a percent because the savings is so much greater. And, and I think that's what we you know probably want to talk about because- we're more likely to see rates come down considerably than we are to see home prices come down considerably. Absolutely. You know, as you're telling me what, what Fannie Mae's forecast is, um, the, the forecast or the numbers they came out with last week were saying, hey, we're on pace to sell nationwide about 5 million homes this year. They're projecting that to go down to 4 million next year. And, and I think that number is, is far more likely to be true than an 8 9% decrease in California. The decreases are predicated on interest rates staying at the current level, meaning our pool of potential buyers remains incredibly low. Yes, prices are being supported by not a lot of sellers wanting to bring their house to market because they would need to become buyers and, and, and give up their ultra low rate for a high interest rate. But just remember, a lot of uncertainty. Jeb doesn't have a crystal ball. Josh doesn't have a crystal ball, nor does anyone else. But it's really just in the last 60 days or so that we've seen uh, different economists at different groups coming out and projecting home price decreases, you know, over the next year, or a lot of them quote peak to trough. When you see a headline, you see uh, so so and so is projecting uh, an 11 percent decrease in home prices. If you read in the details, most of them are saying peak to trough, meaning wherever you say was it June, July was our peak home price, and when is the trough? When is the bottom? Is it in six months? Is it in 18 months? Is it in 36 months? One doesn't know, but that's what their projection. Just what we're talking about today, the one variable that can move and change this to a large degree, and the only one of those is interest rates. So when you're trying to project and make a plan, make a decision for you and your family, you have to account for what you think is going to happen with interest rates. If you believe interest rates stay at this level, I think those projections are reasonable, 5 to 10% decreases in home values. We're going to go through why we don't necessarily think that uh, interest rates are going to stay at this level. One of the leading uh, experts in our industry, Barry Habib, is on record as saying he thinks rates will be under 5% within six months. He has a couple of caveats of things that could happen that are unpredictable right now that could cause rates to stay higher. But he's won an award from Zillow like four of the last six years of being the most accurate um, mortgage rate uh, projector. So it doesn't mean... Past, the, past performance doesn't equal guaranteed results. So you don't want to say that it's absolutely going to happen. But barring something unforeseen, 
barring the Fed completely losing their nerve, they are going to keep hammering on the brake, and that is going to lead to lower interest rates in the near-term future. So listen to what we're saying. I'm not saying we're going back to 3%, but I'm saying we're going to come considerably lower than 6.5-7% where we are today. And a 5% rate is very, very different in terms of monthly payments than a 7% rate. I mean, we're literally halfway between 3 uh, and 7% there if it just moderated uh, down to around 5%. So with that, Jeb, did you did you have something or do you want to jump right into just- No, I do. I do have something because, you know, kind of what you said just made me think a bit here. So like, you know, you talked about interest rates coming down, like what's the most likely case. So a lot of people believe unemployment's going to rise. A lot of people believe we're headed for a recession if we're not in a recession already. So if you take the two things that are probably the most likely, I think both of those are, are likely cases that employment, uh, unemployment will rise, not, not, you know, 12% like we were during the, the housing crash, but it will go up. Um, and, and we're in a recession, likely in a recession, close to a recession, whatever you want to say, both of those things are deflationary. And in, in, in the recession, definitely being deflationary, which in theory, if you believe that's going to happen, then the, the, the idea or the likelihood of the Fed at least pausing what they're doing is, is pretty accurate. I mean, I think that's a really likely case. And the same thing with unemployment. You know, that's one of the measures they use to be able to to raise the Fed funds rate and get aggressive with the economy. So, you know, when all of these people comment and and make, you know, uh, you know, comments on my videos and and other platforms and say, well, you know, interest rates, unemployment is going high. And, and that's why the Fed's going to continue doing what they're doing and all. No, those two work, you know, lock and step as unemployment rises, the Fed likely pauses and, and gives, you know, at least some time for, for, you know, between what they're doing at the monthly meetings to just kind of see what the economy is doing. And chances are, if unemployment rises, they're going to pause and or start some sort of quantitative easing, whether it's reducing the Fed funds rate or, or what have you. And both of those things lead to lower interest rates. And, and if you believe that what they're doing or that they are going to, to, to you know, um, stomp out inflation by raising the Fed funds rate, interest rates tend to follow inflation. So as inflation comes down, so should interest rates. So I think, you know, you've got to start to look at these different things that are happening in the economy. Yeah, you know, the, the Fed is is really hammering the, you know, the Fed funds rate, which in turn is is impacting other things in the economy. But they're also doing it at a pace where they haven't waited really to see how this is playing out. Right. I mean, the, the them raising the Fed funds rate by three quarters of a percent last month, that hasn't even hit the economy yet. You know, so we're a couple of months out before we really see the numbers of what they're doing, at which point, you know, I would think within the next three to six months, you know, inflation numbers start to come back, which in turn should lead to lower rates. Well, Jeb, let, let's look at this. I'll try and be quick with this because you covered it really well. Um a simple definition of his infl of inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. We had too few goods because of supply chain issues because of COVID. If you've watched the headlines, uh, retailers everywhere throughout the United States are concerned about excess uh, inventories and being able to get rid of them during the holiday shopping season without considerably discounting um, their products. But a, a simple measure is um, 
household, uh, the personal savings rate, uh, we were up at like 16, 17% during the, the pandemic when people were locked at home and had no money to spend. We're down to 3.4%. The average, the historical average is 9.2%. We're at 3.4% right now. So that tells you that right now households are spending more money than uh, more of their income than they normally do. And we haven't hit the point where unemployment increases and there's less income out there to spend. So um, the, the all of the telltale signs of moderating and decreasing inflation are out there. And that leads us to believe that in the next six to 12 months, inflation will be much lower and therefore interest rates that are a function of inflation plus a real return required are going to moderate. No, good, good. So let, let's, I mean, I, we're on the same page there, but let's talk. I mean, people keep saying, well, let's, you know, let's hope that that home prices come down, right? We need to see a 10% correction in home prices, 20%, 30, whatever your number is, right? We've run numbers all over the place and we'll kind of talk about some of these here in a minute, but let's say home prices drop by 10%. Right now, rates stay at close to where they are. Let's just say it's six and a half percent. What does that actually do to home prices? So absolutely. We said we were going to use a, a more moderate number that might be more applicable to those of you throughout the country. We're going to use a $500,000 sale price. So a $500,000 sale price with 20% down is a $400,000 loan. At 6.5%, that's a $2,528 monthly payment. So let's say prices dropped 10%. Now it's four fifty. You only have to put $90,000 down for 20%. It leaves you with a $360,000 loan. That payment drops to $2,275. So we have a 10% drop in the, the home value. A $50,000 drop saved you $253 a month. So double that. So if you say your number, my number is, hey, I think home prices are coming down 20%. Now we're talking a $500 monthly savings for a $100,000 drop in home prices. Um, a drop in values is certainly possible. A 20% drop in home prices is incredibly unlikely, unless, as you said earlier, Jeb, that interest rates spike to, to 8%, 8.5%, from where they are today. No, good. And, and now let's talk about the same example using a, a lower rate. How, do, how does a lower rate bring that payment down? It, does it have a bigger, you know, a savings, if you will, every month, or is it more or less the same? So keeping in line with those numbers that we're looking at, if you have a $500,000 sale price, 20% down, $400,000 loan, current rates, six and a half, probably actually a little bit higher than that, 25, 28 monthly payment. If rates drop back to four and a half percent, nowhere near the 3% they were, but back to four and a half percent, that payment is now 2,026. That's a $500 savings. So rates dropping 2% is the equivalent to a 20% drop in home prices. You got to ask yourself, what's more likely to happen? rates drop back to four and a half percent or home values drop 20%. And if we get the same impact in terms of affordability from a drop to four and a half percent, which is likely to happen in the next 12 to 36 months, that's supportive of home values. Doesn't mean that you don't see any correction. Once a, a market loses momentum, it's hard to regain it. So if we are seeing or do see decreases in, in home prices, um, as the rates drop, you're not gonna see people running back in from the sidelines and, and getting back into those bidding wars and pushing prices up, but it's absolutely gonna put a floor in how low they can go. Let's say you got both. Uh, I don't. I did. I should have calculated this number, but say you had a 10% correction and you have a $450,000 loan and it's at four and a half you're now going to be somewhere around $700 lower a month than where that payment is right now. That means 
so many more families can afford that $500,000 property that we went, you know, we talk all the time, willing demand, able demand. There's never a lack of willing buyers for homes. How many of them can actually qualify? When we drop that payment $700 a month, we have a lot more able demand and people that will be able to step in and support home prices. No, and, and and we talk about this all the time. We've talked about it on the show, the cost of waiting. You know, I ran some numbers for something else, Josh. And, you know, if you were fortunate enough to buy a home like back in, in you know, in the middle of, of the pandemic and, and take advantage of a 3% interest rate, if you were to buy that $500,000 home, again, using the same example, 20% down, your payment's $1,686 per month. That same payment today on that $500,000 home is roughly like you said 2000 or I don't know you didn't run this example but 2000 what is it $2128 per month okay at, at a 7% rate uh, on a 400,000 uh, I'm sorry let's let's back up if home prices were to drop um to 400,000 so 20% um that payment today at a 7% rate is $2128 you need home prices to get an equivalent payment to what that person bought with a 3% interest rate, you need home prices to, to, to fall to $325,000. That's like a 37, 35% decrease in home prices to get the same payment that someone took advantage of a year, year and a half ago. Um, so there's definitely a cost of waiting, uh, but you know, you can't look back and, 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 and wonder what if it's, it's, you know, all about buying for the right reasons. We talk about that buying when it's the right time in your life. And maybe it wasn't the right time then, but Josh, you know, at this point, what are, what are we really waiting on? Are we waiting on lower prices? Or are we waiting on lower rates? If, if I'm a buyer, uh, my I, instead of hoping that home prices are going to come down a ton and hoping for this big crash, because what I've seen in my experience, Jeb, I don't know what, what you went through in 2007, 2008, 2009. Um, by 2010, we had hit the bottom and we stayed on that bottom for two or three years, but no one wanted to buy. I use the example, uh, a market that I do a lot of business in, in Anaheim, you could buy a three bedroom, two bath house under $300,000 in Anaheim by 2009, 2010. And everyone that I said, please stop renting and go buy a house. They're like, that's a terrible investment. This is a bad idea. So if you think that home prices are going to drop 20 or 30% and you're going to be as bold as you think you are and just jump right in and take uh, advantage of this huge discount, I don't think that's going to be the case. Because if we saw that, the economy is a lot worse than what we think. Interest rates are still really high um, and it's unlikely to happen. If I'm on the sidelines, I'm certainly not going to be against a little bit of moderation in pricing, but I'm going to want rates at four and a half, four percent when we see that we're getting twice the benefit of what we see in in home price drops and that's that's generally um, sort of the the rule there if you see a two percent drop in interest rates is the equivalent um, is more than the equivalent of a ten percent drop in in home prices so um, in a perfect world, if you're not in the market, you get a little bit of moderation in price, a big moderation in interest rates. They don't have to go back down to 3%. It overstimulated the economy, overstimulated the housing market. But if we get a rate somewhere high threes to high fours, that's going to be sort of Goldilocks for us. It's supportive in terms of plenty of families can again afford entry level homes um, and people who want to bring their homes to the market and buy a new home can justify, okay, I'll give up my three and a quarter and take a four and a half, whereas they're not giving up a three and a quarter to take a six and three quarters. No, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, that crossroads, 
Interest rates go higher, home prices likely come down. Interest rates stay the same, home prices probably don't move very much in either direction. Interest rates go down, home prices probably, you know, move sideways, even up a little bit, just because it adds more affordability into the market, as we just showed. You know, there's a Chinese proverb that I just recently read, and I often think about it now that I'm thinking about housing and people talking about housing. And it says, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. And so you don't know what the market's doing. You buy, you know, you got to buy for when it's right for you. Make sure you have that longer term time horizon, money in the bank, be comfortable with the payment and you'll be in a good position. But if you're wondering what you should be doing in the meantime, if now's not the right time to buy for you, but you, you want to be a buyer, you want to own a home. In the next episode, we're actually going to talk about, you know, preparing to buy in a shifting market, the things that you should focus on in order to help you become an educated home buyer. But for now, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Adios. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.